September 22nd, 2018, it's a Watt for Pedro show.
Watch for Pedro's show. Happy Saturday. Uh, Brother Matt indisposed, but next week we're going to be together again. I'm not totally alone, though, because through the magic of those engineers in Estonia who brought us Skype, I got with me Bushy all the way from Dublin, Andrew Bush. Welcome aboard. Hey. Yeah. Thanks a million, what? Beautiful. Nice to be talking to you, man. Beautiful. Well, of course. Miss you much. Uh, beautiful Absolute. man, people. I first met uh, him uh, springtime of 2004, or five, I'm sorry, when I was doing the second Boy, opera man. with uh, Paul Rossler. And Raul Morales is like my second string second man because both original second men couldn't make the tour. So um, when it came <laughs> to playing in Dublin near the end at Waylands, a uh, band sharing the stage with us was Estelle, which is kind of yeah. like star in Spanish and Italian, but it's their own special way. And it was a great band, and I got to be friends with them. And later on, me and Brother Steve from Stooges. Got to uh, record with them. Uh, also, uh, maybe, I don't know, a year or two ago, I started. I got some new music from the drummer man, Bushy. A project called Yurt, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Not that original stuff that I played you a year or so ago, but they got a brand new release. But uh, mm -hmm. actually, we're going to check out the story, because we've already really talked about it. Uh, Stell before we've had you on the show. In fact, in Dublin, right? We did one. I think me and brother Steve was on the way to the fucking airport, mm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. C coming from the studio, we went in and we recorded for a morning. I think, and then uh, you had to get back to the hotel and back to the airport. Right, right, and that's where we did the spiel. Was in the fucking car as we were going there. Yeah, you, you had the little plug-in for the iPhone. Remember, that's the, right. Turn it into a dictaphone. Turn it into a dictaphone. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and that was, uh, that ended up coming out like a five song EP. I remember yeah, we did yeah, a yeah. cover of Stooge's Funhouse, and then we did uh, Forest Stell Originals, where me and Brother Steve got to accompany you guys. Yeah, well, they were all original. We played them all. I think none of them had been written, so we all wrote them. Well, yeah, you know. I can't claim to have written Funhouse. Well, no, someone else wrote that. No. <laughs> Four guys from Michigan. And yeah, Ann Arbor some, some part, lads, uh, not, not the Grand Rapids part where Brother Steve was from, but, well, actually, Iggs Ypsilanti, which is next door. So, yeah, Ann Arbor Ypsilanti Connection wrote that other, that fifth tune there. And we interpreted <laughs> it our own way. Uh, so, uh, look, we started off the show with something from the New York album. This is the second album, right? And it, it's the fourth one, but it's the second one that got released. Well, it's the, the second other one two I've heard. Download yeah, things. it's the second one I've heard. I, I didn't hear the other. You mean there was two before the one I heard? Yeah, but they're, they're, they were just uh, download things. We never made physical copies. Yeah, but that's so what? If you make but music, we hope you to, music, as you know? they come up to their anniversaries, we're going to press them, you know? I know, but I still think they're valid, even though they don't have a physical... Oh, well, absolutely. they got their, their ones and zeros on somebody's fucking hard drive somewhere. Anyway, we started <laughs> with John Coltrane doing a fragment of My Favorite Things from a 61 gig mm. in uh, mm. Philly. And then we had Angel Happeth Meets Devil Dickel off this yurt. Now, I know the first yurt one I heard, which I guess is the third one, that was kind of a concept. Yeah, it's like uh, Molluska Puck. It was like a, a dystopian thing Boz wrote. Right, right. Now, this one here, is this a collection of songs, or is it one Big Daddy, too? 
I I think it's again Boz Boz kind of writes this stuff and it all ties in. I feel if you go to like the last song, the curious observation of the piece ever, it starts reprising lyrics from the other songs on the record. So it's kind of another little concept that Boz would probably understand and no one else would, you know. So you needed inside trader information. Okay. Yeah. Look, yeah. Look, before we get <laughs> into this this shit about the the narrative of this uh, recent release. Let's talk about the yep. story of fucking Yurt. How did it start? Uh, 2006, we started. So it was in the middle of like Estelle still operating. And Boz and Andy had been in a band called the Steam Pig. They were kind of a big punk band, you know. Is Andy the and bass man for Estelle? Yeah, so okay. Andy plays guitar in this stuff. That's Andy playing guitar in Yurt. Okay, okay. So I know Andy people, but I don't know Bose. Yeah, Boz is like, uh, like I said, he's he played in a band called the Steam Pig for a really long time. Dublin with band. Andy. Dublin band. Yeah, Dublin band. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And as they got towards the end, they put out a couple of albums and they were kind of getting, you know, kind of more increasingly progressive and veering off kind of punk territory. So when that, that band kind of stopped abruptly... And they just asked me that I want to do a prog kind of band, you know? Something a bit more complicated than like the stuff we were doing in Estelle and that sort of thing. So yeah, so that's how it started. Because Andy's the guitar man, Boz is the bass man, they needed a drummer man. Basically, yeah. And I was already playing in bands with Andy. I've been in bands with Andy. Well, Andy was like, in Estelle. Now, Andy wasn't in the first version of Estelle I played with. Was he? Uh, he was. He was. But he was. He, oh that yeah, was that's right. Part. That's right. That's right. What happened yeah, was but, uh, when I recorded with you guys, he went from the bass on the guitar. The different guy exactly. you had at the beginning that you didn't have later was the synthesizer man. Mm. Darren. Darren. Good guy. But Darren Maloney. Yeah, he was a real nice fucking guy. But uh, yeah. that's right. He's I don't know what guy. he's doing now, man. <laughs> well, hopefully he's healthy. But, uh, yeah, man, he was a good player. He was really good at what so he did. So what the, the yeah. idea, okay, so they, they already had an idea of Yurt. Basically, they yeah. were, like, what, pursue something that Steam Pig was on its way of becoming anyway? Kind of, yeah. And, like, you know, the Estelle thing, we kind of, we explored Prague, but it was more like German, you know, like crowd rock sort of stuff. So I think it seemed like an obvious fit. And because I'd been playing with Andy all the way back through hardcore bands, like for the last twenty years or something, it seemed obvious, you know. Now, what's your what's your, Bushy, what's your take on Prague? What's that mean to you? Uh, see, to me, man, to be honest, I think it was anything that was kind of being a little bit adventurous or you know, kind of experimental. Maybe I always think Prague, real Prague, is kind of a, you know, like an extension of what some of the psychedelic bands were doing, you know. Okay, tell and, me. And then I, tell me if I'm too far off base, but the idea yeah, I yeah. have of Prague is England had a lot of success with young men doing U.S. blues. For example, mm. Rolling Stones, yeah. the Beatles, the yeah, Who, yeah. the Animals. Yep. And then, uh, you know, there were some uh, English musicians who said, "Hey, why?" Uh, instead of uh, mining somebody else's 
uh, archaeology. Why not we mine our own archaeology? Instead of blues, we go back to something like classical music in Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, I think that's right. I think, like, you know, if you listen to, like, The Who or The Beatles, even, when they started expanding, you know, when they stopped being kind of, like, beat bands, and they started, yeah, like, they go back and do music hall stuff, like, kind of 1920 sounding music and earlier, you know, and, like you're saying, they kind of just went back, and a lot of the Beatles stuff starts having this real baroque kind of baroque piano or, like, you know, harpsichord bits, and yeah, I think that's it, man. Well, they just uh, trying to get away from being stuff, rock and roll bands. Yeah, well, maybe rock yeah. and roll, but the influence, maybe not so much blues trying to get at their own thing. For example, yeah. uh, Jethro Tull, some of that stuff starts sounding like uh, Renaissance Fair, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you had stuff like yeah, Steel Eye Span and, you know, uh, Kind of uh, English folk music or something. I, I don't yeah, know. I yeah, yeah. No, there's you're this right. idea over like here. A, the incredible string band. And... I think over here there's this idea of Prague uh, being short for progressive. It was like these guys were experimental. But I don't know. I think they were just looking for a, a different way to make pop music without as much blues. Easy. Because look what happens Genesis and then later on something like Asia. They become huge pop bands. This is what I was going to say. It, it kind of, unfortunately, Prague became synonymous with, like, the most boring fucking... <laughs> hey, I want to play this, the, the narrowing, okay, from the New York record.
Live from Pedro Show. Yeah, that's a brand new um, yurt, the narrowing. And uh, then we had Brad, uh, Alex Zhang Nahuktai with Oranges in Bed. R04, brand new out of Tokyo, Mindful. Chaz Buttock meets the Matson 2 with Star Stuff. I think that's uh, Charleston. The Blanks out of Arizona with Babies Turning Blue. And brand new from David Gerard, Massachusetts, Song of Desert Elders. Back with Bushy Yurt. So, okay, so Andy and Boz are looking for uh, a drummer man. Do you remember the mm-hmm. first time you played with him? Yeah, yeah, definitely. What was that it like? It was, I think, Boz and Andy, if I, I, I might be wrong, but I think they'd already worked out, like, the skeleton of a song. So, I probably went in and they just tried to teach me a song, if I if I remember correctly. So we probably spent a couple of hours just trying to learn All right. one of these kind of convoluted things, you know. Did you know right away that this is going to be happening? Yeah, man. Yeah, like I, I, like I said, I've played with Andy so much. I really sure. naturally play with Andy, so I'm always happy to be in a in a band with him, you know. That's right. And Buzz was a friend of mine a long time and I, I'd never played with him before but I'd always had an interest in it so I was happy to get into a room with what him was the, what was the first gig like? Uh, it was good we see we don't play very many gigs man in like 12 years we've probably played 12 times 10, 12 times well what, when, when was the you first know, one? So when was the first one? the first Jesus Christ, man! You're putting me on the spot. I think it was, was it right away around... after you started playing with them, or was it after a while? Oh, it was a good while after. It was maybe I'm thinking around the end of 2007 into 2008. Maybe it was like a a Christmas time, New Year's type gig. So it was really busy, you know. Okay. I, re- I remember there being a lot of people, and I remember there being fucking some like punk people there. Yeah. You know, shouting for Steam Pig songs. And a fucking fight broke out and does some stupid shit, you know. Okay, so who who would have thought you could be in a progressive rock band and have to stop to ask the audience to stop fighting? You know. <laughs> but they were fighting amongst you. They were throwing shit at you, were they? No, they threw a fucking. Someone was shouting, and I think a friend. Oh, we don't know. Someone related to the band said something to somebody, and all of a sudden there's like a fucking fist fight okay. in front of the crowd or in front yeah. of the stage. It was weird, man. So it was like kind you know, of a, a debate over aesthetics. I think I was just some fucking bloke who was drunk. Liquor talking. <laughs> yeah, liquor I don't think it was that deep. What? Okay. okay. <laughs> so, uh, how long? So, so you guys probably worked up a bunch of, of material. Did you re, had you recorded before that? Did you do? Was the first Yurt record a concept? Uh, yes, yeah, but like I was saying, Boz kind of links it all together. So it's funny in that as the songs are written, to me they always seem like they're kind of separate, if that makes sense. It seems like they're just individual songs. But when you later read the lyric sheets and things like that, you realize it's all kind of, uh, you know, it's all kind of tied in. It all makes sense as a bigger thing. They're generally a bit dystopian, a bit... Uh, well, the third one, I wouldn't I say. Well, they're, they're dark, you know. 
Yeah, the one, yeah, no happy ending. The, the, the third, what you call the third one, what I call the first one, because it's the first I heard. Yeah. That was, yeah, not a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, they're kind of grim, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's not like negative stuff, I think. Uh, no, no, no. It's just, it's like, you know, a, I, it's, I, a, I, it's a, your version of the blues. Exactly, exactly. It's modern fucking, you know. I guess it's kind of just observations on the world or a way you could look at the world, you know? Right, but with Boz, it's man alone. You don't really, you guys don't do this by committee as far as the, the spiel, the words. No, no, the, the lyrics are, there's a song on the first one that Andy wrote all of, including the lyrics, called Bushmeat. Okay. That's on the first, that's on Ege uh, uh, Artemis, Yurtemis, the name of the first record, and that's... Uh, but, yeah, it's a stupid fucking... I'm going to have to get me uh, some of this shit, though, Andy so I can Rumble play it. That, you, know? you know, I want to play it, so even though it ain't a physical thing, I would yeah, like to get them ones and zeros parked up on the lot from Pedro's show, so whenever you get a shot. I didn't know. Yeah, I thought the thing, what you call the third one, I thought that was the initial thing. And, you know, Estelle didn't really write short songs. No, man. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't know about genre names and whether they're both prod, but they were they, they, they both 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 outfits like uh, extended workouts. Yeah, man. Okay. I think with Estelle, it was less structured. You know, it was more we'd just play these things and they'd kind of grow organically live. And then when you went into the studio, you'd have to fucking put some sort of. Uh, structure to it you know you'd have to go when i do this thing three times we change or when i do this we have to stop or otherwise they'd just go on forever you know right right whereas with yours they're more all planned out yeah they're kind of more structured everything kind of happens the same amount of times generally you know hey what what, (laughs) do you got a piece of paper that you got charts no what happens is buzz writes these little bass bits yeah at home, because Boz is like an artist. He's a full-time artist, you know? So he sits at home and he writes these bass bits. What kind of artist? Does he, uh, does he paint? Uh, look, uh, at the moment, I think it's sort of pen and ink stuff. You know all the artwork on the records? What? Yeah. That's all Boz. Okay, so yeah, yeah. All okay. of that stuff is drawn by Boz. So, he, he, you know, he exhibits and he, he's got a book out and stuff and he sells some bits and pieces and... You know, he's quite widely known. In, in Ireland, he'd be quite a widely known like cult kind of artist, you know? So, he basically, he describes it as be- between drawing, you know, pick up the bass and noodle around, you know? Yeah. Well, I guess just to give himself a break. Well, yeah, he's just expressing himself in a different way. Yeah. So, he, he writes these little bits he likes and he brings them into the room. And then what'll happen is, you know, he generally comes in with a good idea of how he wants it to be. And then he will present it to me and Andy. And me and Andy will try and bash it into like some sort of you know, like a shape or a sense. Because, you know, when you're sitting at home playing on your own, it's easy to write stuff in fucking weird timings and not appreciate there'll be a guitar and a drummer and, you know, all that stuff. So he basically brings in the raw thing and then we'll all bash around with it for ages and try and get it into a, you know, some sort of structure that more makes more sense, you know? Yeah. You know, last year I read the Mike Barnes book on Captain Beefheart. And it seemed yeah, like yeah. that was John Fr- Drumbo's uh, job, John mm. French. 
the cat would beat out yeah, some yeah. Uh, song ideas on that piano when they were doing Trop Mass Replica. But he actually had to canonize it, put it in a form where all the guys could play it. Yeah, it, it, that's exactly what it is. It's, you know, sometimes he'll come in with something and it makes sense when you're playing on your own. But it could be like seven beats over 11 or fucking like nine beats over. You know, he's mad about threes. Everything is always on fucking three. I was slagging him saying this. Like everything is written like waltzes. Yeah, I was going to just so say waltzes. There's a lot of threes in it. You know, I'm sure when you listen to it, there's a lot of... Da, 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 Believe it or not, there's so a lot of threes in country western music. There's a lot of walls. Yeah, exactly. They're, not, really all from, they're not all from Vienna. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not a lot of Andre Rue. Oh, no, and so I remember recording with uh, Jim O'Rourke and Steve Shelley. And I don't yeah, think yeah, there yeah. was a lot of waltzes in Sonic Youth music, so it took... It was about take 180, and Jim O'Rourke was ready to kill Steve Shelley. Yeah. But he got it. Steve <laughs> Shelley is not a quitter. He kept going. Yeah, Speaking rose, of which, yeah. have, have you heard of the Buddy Head record, man? Buddy Head? The, the Buddy, you know, like Buddy Oh, Buddy Head. Head. That's Bill yeah. Mace and Kim Gordon. Yeah, it's a fucking great record, man. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The first I've, thing I've, I've actually great. got to see them play, too. Are they are they good? A couple Live. of times, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're fucking. I love those records, man. They're they're great. Uh, great. Anyhow, yeah. I'm side I'm side barring us. No, it's okay. It's okay because uh, it's a Sonic Youth connection, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, I was just listening to your thing with your buddy where you talk about Glen Branca and uh, there was Sonic Youth stuff there. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, 2018, September 18. No. 22 edition Watt Pedro Show special guest Bushy from Dublin. Hold tight for hour two. September 22nd, 2018. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
location.
I love you, Earth. You are beautiful. I love the way you shine. I love your valleys. I love your mornings. In fact, I love you every day. I know I never said it to you. Why? I would never know. Over blue mountains, over green fields, I wanna scream about it now. I love you. I love you. I love you. Earth. I love you. I love you. I love you. A meeting point of infinity. You are a turning point in eternity. I love you. I love you. I love you. Earth. I love you. I love you. I love you now.
Waffle Pedro Show. We started the second hour off with Icon Rubble from New Yard album. That mini beast got something brand new. In fact, Peter Prescott sent me a rough mix. He's going to try a tour next year. Something called Exact Location. He's living in Providence, Rhode Island these days. Pip Blom out of uh, Holland with I Think I'm in Love. Yoko Ono, I Love You Earth. The Showboat, Byron's Dance. I guess this was music uh, like choreography. Mike uh, Regnetta there in Brooklyn. Still House Plants out of Glasgow. The Bridge Lowe's. I might be playing them. They invited me to do something at Cafe Odo in Feb. Thurston's Living Room is another name for that club, right? And then Quinny, somebody they uh, collaborate a lot with. with What a voice. Okay. How long did it take to record this new uh, yurt? Uh, the basics, the basic tracks, all the drums were done in a day. So maybe I did the drums in like seven, eight hours, something. Do you play by yourself? And so we play, no, we play live and we try to catch as much of the other bits as we can, you know. So we we got all the drums. I think there might have been a couple of drum fixes, but generally I like it's just a thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with not getting it in a take, but I like to try and get them in a take. Sure. You know, so, because I think the way I write is kind of musical and I never feel like it's right when I have to split the track. You know, I, I can always hear in my head that it's two tracks. So, I I think about a day we got basics. So, we would have got the drums, a bunch of the bass down, and then probably some guitars which would have been used as guides and some vocals that would have been used as guides or we say scratch so yeah like exactly like scratch vocals and guitars and then it's kind of a slate so you can tell where you are in the tune so you ain't just fucking counting shit exactly so you're not going 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 and uh, I think then the guys did another maybe one or two days each fixing up the bass and fixing up the guitar and then the vocals go down and then Buzz lastly tends to go home and write the little electronic bits so he'll sit down with a mix of the album and he'll write all the little synth parts and then he goes down to Tommy because uh, Tommy from Estelle records us obviously uh, and then uh, was done in his studio yeah it's all yeah. Tommy man okay yeah so then Buzz will go down with these bits he has and you know we'll have them marked like time marked or whatever and they just sit them on the songs okay, okay. and then they're mixed and, and yeah that's that's it so we'd say all in all you're talking about maybe Tommy five did or the six mixing. days work Tommy did Pardon? the mixing yeah so Tommy records and then the, I didn't have really much to do with the mixing on this one because I was working a lot so I was just doing that shit where you listen to it and you make notes and you pass on the notes and then the notes go down and they mix it, you know. Yeah. Right. Tommy but was I, the I main, trust, you know. Tommy was the main guy mixing, though. That's what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, oh, it, yeah, it's yeah, fucked yeah. Up. Sorry, with yeah. Skype, Tommy you can't Tommy, talk at the Tommy same records, time. If you try to talk at the same time with Skype, it cancels out the other dude, so. <laughs> Sorry it's about true, that. It's true, it's Yeah, Tommy... Tommy basically mixes as he goes along, you know. You no, work I'm with gonna Tommy. Play, uh, he yeah, does a I, good mix. You know? Yeah, I love Tommy. And in fact, we're going to hear him play guitar because I'm going to play this live thing from Mistel, Little Mucus Monsters. <laughs> 
uh, <laughs> I think it's from 2008 or 2009. I don't know if you remember yeah, the gig. But, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but this is one of the shorter Estelle. I, I think you guys made a video of this for your record. We did. This is like a fucking pop song. <laughs> okay, let's listen. <laughs>
comment c'est moi Et comment ça se plombe Ah oui, joliment bien. Qui tu comment faire Je l'aime mon frère. Mais dis-lui, viens-moi ici. Oh mais oui, on cherche la bière chez Thames. Oh mais cherche-moi de goûter. On s'est saoulés ça ce soir.
Bought for Pivo Show. Yeah, that was Estelle live doing Little Mucus Monsters. Do, do you remember the venue? Uh, I'd have to see the video. Was this like a little room? Little small room? Yeah. If it's a small room, it's the Hideaway House. If it's not, it's in the Voodoo Club. I know there's a couple of live versions of it out there, so... Okay. If it's the small room, though, it's the Hideaway House. It's a little tiny house. It was a good gig. Okay. And for Baltimore, we had Mold Omen with Invade and Fold. Lost Bayou Ramblers. Had Louis Michaud on the show last edition. Freetown Brawl fighting Vil Crawl. Chronic Anxiety out of Philly. No. Yeah, I think so. Pennsylvania for sure. City Lumberjack. Bonsai Universe right here. That's Woody Apple. Why are my dreams? But no question mark. <laughs> so maybe it's a statement. Yeah. Why are my dreams? My dreams <laughs> are why. Yeah. Okay. And then finally from uh, Brazil, Vermes de Limbo with Amarelo Bebe. Uh, back to Bushy here in Dublin and, and the story of Yurt. Uh, well, let's finish uh, up with Estelle, because uh, if people don't realize this, that Bam Bushy did many years with these cats, and mm. they ended up running out of gas, right? Yeah, I think uh, we were going like 13 years, and we were working hard. We, yeah, sure. We had a bunch of stuff in the bag ready to go, and I think, to be honest, uh, Sarah just got really burnt out in Dublin, and that was it. It was kind of, you know, she was always central to the band. She'd started it. She, oh, yeah. you know, was important. So uh, that was it. She just kind of one day went, called me. I went, Bushy, I don't want to do the band anymore. Because we'd been in the band a long fucking time together, you know. Right, right. Uh, I was the other original kind of member who was still there, you know. Yeah, because so, it uh, started actually with her, you, her, and her sisters, right? Yeah, her, her sister, and another girl that we knew. Okay. And kind of gradually, as you know, as people left, they just got replaced, and we just kept moving on. And yeah, then by the end, we were about 13 years in. I think we started originally about 98, 99, and then around 2013, she was just like, look, I'm fucking tired of doing this. So I don't think she was having a very good time in general. Yeah. So I think it just added to the fucking stress of it all, you know? Right, right, right. But uh, so we, that was we had that a lot of good gigs together and uh, recordings mm. together and just good times. So th that's how I always remember Estelle. Uh, yeah. As with Yurt, I've yet to witness you guys perform since you've only done 12 gigs in <laughs> all these years. Uh, <laughs> you got to put well, on a know. special, maybe a command performance for me when I come over there. I was uh, gonna say you can ask, we could we'll do the support what if you okay. want the support band. Yeah, of course, of course. In fact, last time I was in town, you didn't get to come because something with the family. Uh, it was opening up for I was the support for Steve Albini. What was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that's Shellac, the Shellac. first. It was at a disco. That's the first time. Yeah, man, that's the first time you were ever here that I couldn't come, and it's the first time Shellac ever played that I didn't go and see them. Okay. It was at a yeah, not too good of a venue called Tivoli. Yeah, it's an it's, old theater. They, uh, well, the people were treating uh, Timo, the boss man, the gig boss, really bad. 
I heard it closed. I heard it closed not too long after that gig. Yeah, t- yeah, t- Timo's a good fucking guy, man. He's yeah. a real good lad, and I guess when you're the promoter, people just treat you like a fucking dickhead sometimes, don't they? You know. Look, man, he he brought him a full house. He should have been happy. Yeah, well, you know, it's Ireland. What? No one's ever happy. <laughs> nah, shit happens here too. People, are, no, they're ingrates. You know, I remember one time yeah. we were playing uh, with uh, uh, maybe it was Peruba, and it was like the biggest gig you could do in New York City, the Ritz, right? And I go in yeah, there, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and the gig it was clean, right? Uh, that's an old vaudeville f- a word for so- sold out. So I go to the yeah, boss, yeah. you know, we're doing the numbers, the thing, the dance. Bobby De Niro, and and, it's, yeah. Yeah, and he goes, yeah, it was clean, you know. It, and I go, that's good, isn't it? He goes, there's only fifty two Fridays in a year. It better be good. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like that's yeah, they're they're probably pissy with him. All the people didn't drink enough or something, you know, some bullshit. Like you know, yeah. if it was middle aged women looking at a Beatles cover band, they would have sold a lot more vodka. <laughs> good point. Okay, we're in the second hour, September 22, 2018, Dish Peter Show, special guest Bush from Dublin. Hold tight for hour three. September 8, uh, no, September 22, 2018, it's third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. <laughs>
incredible, but outreach saved the day, broke the silence of suffering. In the nick of time, the time it was, the big time, had to go all the way. Specialized life treatment brought to you by the best, standard yet incredible, to beat off this sudden beast who carries away lives, scares the pants off us, just about took you, but you were saved, good God, incredible, beyond belief. But science prevailed. The, this punisher was taken, stilled for this time, by the power of science. The pursuit of medicine, a healthy older man. What we find is pleasing, better than can be expected, but you are very strong. Some things are an advantage, like living sure bound, still, what a hell ride. That must have been. You stayed the course, you made it out alive, and that's incredible.
Peebra Show, third hour, started off with Yurt doing the curious observation of the peas haver. And uh, <laughs> that's peas as in the vegetable people, like peas yep. in a pod kind that's of thing. That's it. Actually a bean. <laughs> I guess a pea is a certain kind of bean. Yeah, it's like, like, Fried yeah, it's like a legume. Yeah, legume. Malmay in Japanese. <laughs> Joe Brewer with Incredible out of Ann Arbor. No. Madison, Wisconsin, next state over. And then uh, God's Teeth and Interstellar Topics doing Hot Cheese Part 2. They're out of Brighton. Speaking of Brighton, I'm bareface cabinet. 212, 40 pounds. Uh, weight, not cost. 1,200 watts. Yeah, 40 pounds. This is old man punk. <laughs> Little stuff that's loud and don't weigh a ton. Thank you, Brighton, <laughs> Mr. Alex, and Bareface. They're called Bareface Audio, and incredible shit. Uh, but uh, b- back to your... So, so look, if the last record, what I call the first one, but it's actually the third one, if that was dystopian, yeah. then what is this one here? What's your take, since Boz ain't here to fucking answer for himself? Eh, I don't know. We... Ah, whatever I say. Well, as you as the uh, drummer man and interpreter part of the proj. I, I don't know. You see, when I hear this stuff, yeah. I, I kind of know little bits of the... I know, like, the Devil Decay thing. It's like a reference to Buzz spent time in Africa as a kid because his dad worked there. And I know that some of these things are, like... A, a lot of the imagery in it, when he talks about stuff like cicadas and things in on these records... They seem to be references back to Buzz's childhood and stuff from there, you know. Personal but I, I think generally, yeah, I think, you know, when I listen or when I read the lyrics to this one, it's quite like the last one. I think it's... Dystopian. You know, it seems a Yeah, you know, it seems to and be people, our general... We don't feel. mean to use big words on you listeners, but dystopian is kind of the opposite of utopian. Yeah, you know... Where everything is you know, <laughs> perfect in the future, well, this is everything went wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't even think, I think they're more like comments on now, really, you know. Absolutely, like, absolutely. Because uh, who really has a Like observations ball? on now, you know. Sure, sure. I always thought science fiction was a way of talking about the present. Oh, absolutely, man, yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Even though you're inventing all the... I love... Yeah, the shit like that. Yeah. Okay, uh... You know, uh, I'm gonna okay. The last song of this edition we're gonna play is called "Faith Utensil." Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a title. That's a good song, man. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's why I saved it for last. Let's listen. Where's the please? Yeah.
not some waste of thing. Just what has stacked up endlessly. He wakes from bed, he gets on the line. But we don't talk too much about that anymore. Was he dead till he gets on the line? It's not enough to know that time is wasted. A static pages for the rage. A static question. A static question. A static question. A static pages for the rage. A static question. A static question. There's a fortune in his brain. It is like open. It is like open. It is an Oakland. A static question There's a fortune in his face And the fortune in his face And the more you see, the more you claim The more you see, the more he likes to claim He isn't dead till he gets on the line We don't talk too much about that
and it saves the note, it okay. translates your handwriting into a fucking type. Wow. Okay. Liquid. So they're enabling You're not just laziness. writing a fucking button. Okay. I don't uh, know. People ask music for this edition. Yeah, you just heard Faith Utensil from Yurt. And Bushy's take is it's a comment on uh, modern technology. I thought it was something about prayer beads. Um, you know, uh, It seems to be about information or the internet. Or right. Something. You'd have to ask. Prayer problems. beads is uh, how you ke- <laughs> you got to keep track of how many times you've said your Hail Marys and shit. So. Mm, mantras. Exactly. Then ahead of that, we had Midwestern Medicine with uh, a static question. Oswald Dalvey, that's an Italian guy named Andrea who lives in the Czech Republic. Reward. Lady Hump out of Pedro here with bad things happening. We started it all off with the Plebes. Smell the rose. Plebes was a Pedro trio from about, I don't know, early 80s. So a little while ago, I remember one time Minuteman, we were opening for X at the Roxy, but we got a Pedro gig, so we raced right away after opening for them people. And uh, the plebes went on before us, and they got the crowd in such a state. Very square, John, crowds, by the way. Yeah. That uh, Minuteman only got like one or two tunes out, and they they threw us out. <laughs> yeah. They threw us off the stage. <laughs> Threw a bunch of shit at us. One or two minute in tunes. Yeah, That's that about one minute of music. Not even that. So we were <laughs> out of there. So thank you, plebes. But I've been playing a lot of it. This live thing just came out on under the Water Under the Bridge Records here at Pedro, the barman. Cool, man. And in fact, I uh, he's working out of uh, the new Recess Records pad on 11th and Pacific here, the old Ramona Bakery. And I had given the, the boss man there, Todd Kahn, she also runs Toys of Kill. Uh, mm. Yeah, skater guy turned guitar singer, songwriter guy uh, from Tarts who actually moved to Pedro. And that, this is how I found Raul yeah, yeah. for my second man, in fact. But, uh, this scene in the 90s called Porchcore. Uh, anyway, uh, I gave him 15 tunes of just bass and now he's collected a whole bunch of drummers and uh, he, he put melodies and singing and guitar to it. It's called the Jump-started plowhards. Now he wants a round two. He wants me to give him another 15 tunes. So I think George Hurley's <laughs> going to be part of that. We're going to have all kinds of drummer people on this. He's trying to get Mario Rubicobble from uh, off in the Hot Snakes. On, uh, yeah, he's a good drummer, man. Yeah, I got to play with him uh, last month. No, no, July. Yeah. So two months ago. Yeah, for what would have been Ronnie's uh, 70B day in Ann Arbor. Jay Maskin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Kim Garden was there. Uh, Bill wasn't, but Kim. Yeah. Uh, so, Recess Records, great, great cat, Todd, you know. And, uh, you know, for the longest time, Minuteman, we were the only punk rock. I was oblivious. I was touring so much, I didn't know another scene had grown up in my own town. What an idiot. So, it's, it's no, it's, need it, to be part of happens, something like man. that. It happens like that. Like right now, there's probably younger Dublin dudes you don't know about, right? Of course, and there's so many bands that kind of pop up every now and then, you know, right. that you hear, or you, and like some of them are guys who are older than me, and some of them are people younger. There's a couple of good bands here, yeah, you know, yeah. some good stuff going on. Yeah. What about venues? Eh, it's the same as ever. There's kind of a couple of nice small size venues, and then at this point, I don't know what's happening elsewhere, but in Dublin, there's like what's considered a successful gig now 
isn't that many people, so you couldn't really afford to hire a big venue these days, you know? Okay. The, there was a time when you might, like with Estelle, when we were doing quite well, you might get 250 people so you could play in a bigger room. Yeah. Whereas now you'd never take the risk, man. You'd never make the money back. Okay. So you kind know, of, you're, you're a bushy. You're saying kind of pay to play? Not that necessarily, but you know, you'd hire out a venue, and if the venue could cost you five hundred euros for the evening, and that sounds like pay to play. <laughs> well, you know, that's how all venues are here. You pay for the venue. Ah, so you, you, you know what I mean? It's like no, you rent, that's the, the, rent that's the, the hall, basically. That's the way the Roxy and the whiskey are now in Hollywood, West Hollywood. Yeah, you rent the room, and if you don't make the money, you still pay for the room. See, so now, that's kind of has, like a bar. He says, well, you can have the door, and then I'll make money on beer. Mm. Yeah, so that doesn't really happen here, man. Okay. That, that's, no. Over here, because everywhere is a bar. You know, everywhere sells alcohol. So there's no all-ages gigs or anything like that. So it's always, you rent the room, you pay for the fucking room, you know? Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, so, but still, there's there's Dublin people do being adventurous with music, right? Well, look, oh, look there's at some interesting stuff. Yeah, look at fucking Yurt. I mean, and what's the next plan for Yurt? Yurt, uh, basically, how we operate, in a nutshell, is we write. So we'll we'll get together five or six. Basically, we'll figure out if it's long enough to be an album. So we write, then we re rehearse, 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 rehearse. So it normally takes us like a year, maybe a year and a half to write an album. Because, you know, the stuff's kind of convoluted and complicated. So we, we then we just woodshed it, man. We just rehearse and rehearse and rehearse. And we record. And then we put it out. And then we'll probably not play those songs again. Okay. <laughs> except at gigs. And... So if we have to play a gig in the next five or six months, we'll have to relearn some of the songs. And the whole time, we'll just keep rehearsing weekly and we'll just keep writing the next one. Well, man, start on number five, okay, because I love the shit. And <clears> we've some of it written, man. We've some We've some there already. Okay, then start <laughs> pracking. And I'm look, telling you, that's it, man. Bush, Every it's been week. a great honor to have you on the show once again. Uh, you, Every time. You too, man. So when number five comes out, please... Uh, let's come on the show and talk about it. Of course, of course. Okay. Of course. People, it's been the September 22nd, 2018 edition of Walk Pedro Show special guest Bushy from Yurt. Keep your powder dry.